So, all of you out there, everybody close your eyes. <laughs> You're going to pause for them to close. I am. <laughs> close your eyes. Go ahead. Okay. Now, picture the color blue. What up, peeps? This is Alyssa, and I'm here with my co-host and faux little bro, Andre. And welcome to another episode of Teachers Like Us. On today's episode, we are talking about shadism slash colorism in the black community. Um, And even though this affects a lot of uh, racialized populations all over the world, we're looking at the black community because it's still Black History Month. Yep, big time Black History Month. (laughs) Woo! I'm going to take out that woo. Um, so we're going to keep it in that context just to, you know, keep things relevant to where we are right now. Um, if we look at this historically, the term colorism is believed to have originated in 1982. So a really recent term, actually, mm-hmm. and um, coined by Pulitzer Prize winner Alice Walker, who is the author of uh, The Color Purple and other major works of fiction. So... The idea of colorism or shadism is the idea that you are prejudicial against someone's skin um, based on the tone. So skin tone versus like white versus black uh, type deal. So a lot of that shadism exists kind of within those communities that it it objectifies. I'm not even sure if that's the right word that I want to use. If you can just like the big word that everybody knows is racism, obviously, but it's, this is not one race against another hating one race for, or generalizing one race for some reason. This is within this race. Now you have, um, separation where we don't see each other as equal, even inside of our own race. Absolutely. So, um, for Alice Walker's definition, It says that it was defined by her to mean the prejudicial or preferential treatment of same race people based solely on color. Um, And to add to what Andre said, it is not racism, although there is a clear relationship between the two. So if we're looking at examples of colorism uh, versus racism, like a clear example of racism um, would be, you know, not being allowed to drink out of the same fountains, right? Like that idea that there's a whites only fountain, a blacks only fountain. Um, But the idea of colorism would be, okay, fine. Um, The white people have this fantastically decorated fountain. um, And then based on the shade of your blackness, then either you get clean water or dirty water, right? Like the lighter skins would get cleaner water and the darker you are, the dirtier your water would get. Yeah, or you know, you, you're you drinking out of the normal porcelain water fountain or you're drinking out of the hose down around the corner that's covered in mud is a big difference. Yeah, and the other thing that I wanted to highlight about colorism that I found really interesting when I was looking at it um, is that it is really closely tied to biological sex um, or representations of gender, meaning those who identify as female are more often um, the targets of colorism. So while men do face colorism, it's typically women that um, people want to see in lighter 
shades. Yeah, I think because we equate this that shadism or colors and we it's the same as beauty. So it's always going to be pushed towards women that, okay, the lighter you are, the more um, acceptable, more beautiful, more um, attractive, more can end up on like a uh, end up on like a billboard or something like that. And the dark you are, the ugly you are, the dirtier you are if you go to some parts of the world. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about too is how closely is that linked to purity? And the only reason I thought about that is because um, when we think about white, right? Like a lot of people will say, ah, white is pure, pure yeah. right? And so is that like a... Again, if we're looking at like kind of gender roles and things like that, you want a lighter skinned person who may be more pure, a lighter skinned woman rather. I don't know. Just yeah, thoughts. That thought of like purity or just the thought of you look more acceptable because you are cleaner and maybe look more put together than somebody that might be darker skin complexion, especially like as much as we're talking about the black community, when you go to... Um, places around the world like especially in india that's the thing that you see the most is like the lighter skinned um indian people are are usually the ones that are wealthy or the higher class compared to the darker skinned indian people yeah absolutely and you'll notice that in countries around the world skin lightening is a thing um and very popular so even in like a lot of asian countries so not just india but if you're looking at even like korea um, and China and Taiwan, like all of these places, skin lightening is is super popular because they want to be closer to whiteness. Mm-hmm. And again, I know I just kind of wanted to preface this because, again, I listen to our podcast, too. And I know I've said this in a previous podcast, but it's not that being white is a problem. It's just that whiteness itself has garnered privilege that then allows other things to exist. So colonization has has made whiteness a problem. So yes. it's not that you're white that's the problem. So I don't want any people, educators, parents out there who are like, ah, I'm white, I can't do anything right. That's not it. The actual kind of narrative that's been pushed is you're white, so you got to be right. And the rest of us aren't. We, are, we have been othered. So... I just kind of wanted to make that clear as we go through this. Yeah, it makes it seem, especially when we come around this time of the month in Black History Month, it always feels like you could be somebody who's white who might think like, oh my gosh, they're just attacking me, even though I never owned any slaves or my, I don't know, ancestor, grandmother, great-grandmother never owned any slaves either. Why does it seem like everybody's attacking me all the time? And it's really in this time of black history, because we're pushing black excellence and because a lot of the times, especially in the media, we see that black history kind of starts with slavery. So it already starts with that tension of you hate us. You think that um, we are less than you. So it, it comes across that way a lot of the times. Yeah. And so... I prefaced that because what I'm about to say has to deal with whiteness again um, and the pervasiveness of the ideal that um, whiteness is right. So if we look back to slavery, uh, slave owners were considered, you know, all powerful. They made the rules. And again, if you look at any kind of laws that have been put forth through colonization, they were designed by white men. So yeah. what happened is everybody or in those 
countries that were colonized wanted to be as close to power as possible. So yes. like their slave masters. Oh, I hate that word. Slave as masters? Their, as their... Owners? I don't like that either. As their... <laughs> As their colonizers. Oh, I would I would say owners because essentially all of the the um, people who owned slaves they had they went somewhere and bought them like cars. No, right? it's just it's the power again. There you go. It's the power. But in any case, um, so things like the paper bag test evolved from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what and, is the paper bag test, Miss? Yeah. So the paper bag test is the idea that. Like, if you look at a brown paper bag, and funny enough, we're sitting in front of brown paper bags right now because we just had lunch. Um, if you are, stop, don't crinkle the paper. No, but I'm really, I'm holding it up to see how close you are to this paper bag, and you're, you're pretty much there. In any case, if you are the same color or lighter than the brown paper bag, then you are considered an acceptable shade of black. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are darker than that, then you were considered dark skin. And um, again, in terms of slavery, unfortunately, um, that was used to determine where and how and how much you worked. Like all of those things came into play. So lighter uh, skinned black people were often the result of uh, slave owners uh, raping and and having children with their with their enslaved people, with their enslaved women, and thus having children that were lighter skinned. They were the uh, people that got to work in the house, whereas the darker skinned uh, enslaved people had to work out in the fields, which was harder uh, manual labor. Yeah, and you can see why, again, um, colorism brings up that discourse between black people where now we're, even though we are both black, we are still not seen as equal even in our own black community because now because you're, just because you're lighter skinned, where wherever you were taken from in Africa made you lighter skinned, and now... You get to be in the house. You get to um, learn with the children or your children get to play with the other white children. Whereas my children, when I'm out in the field with in uh, down south, the biggest thing was picking cotton. But when I'm out with my children, once they can walk and talk, they're out in the field with me. Yep, absolutely. So there's privilege within within the community that. Um, again, creates tension. And this will bleed into your classroom. So if you're like, well, what does that have to do with my teaching practices? Well, understand that you will hear your students say like, ah, I'm light skin. Mm-hmm. Ah, like, ooh, you're dark skin. That's ugly. Like, or I don't date dark skin girls. I don't date light skins. Or like, the opposite you hear. I only love dark skin guys. Yeah. And see, that's what I meant by the, by being kind of gendered where, um, men can kind of get away with um, being dark skin and it being attractive, whereas the darker a woman is, you are uh, perceived as uglier. And this goes back to like, there's a bunch of studies. Um, you'll have to Google them and pardon me for not having these ready, but like if you Google these these colorism studies, they had little kids. So as, as young as like, I think f- between they were, between four and six, um, they gave them sheets of paper with different colored uh, cartoons on them. Uh And they said, point to the one who is smart. And they'd point to the white one. And then point to the one who is dumb. Point to the one who is pretty. Point to the one who is ugly. All of these attributes. And like the majority, if not like 100% of the time, all of the positive attributes went to the lighter skinned um, cartoons and then all of the negative ones to the darker skinned. So uh, it's pervasive in the community. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that 
that's what these little kids are indoctrinated into, and which is why I think we even push the fact that as when you are in your classroom, you need to make sure that your students see themselves in the classroom, whether it's in the books that you're bringing in, whether it's picture books or novels, and also in the posters and the signage that you use in your room. That way they can see that, okay, there's somebody who looks like me who is successful or somebody who looks like me is smart, even though the world is telling me that I'm dumb or I'm unattractive or nobody's going to like me mm-hmm. and be careful that you're not always bringing in your lighter skinned black people like yes like beyonce is great and we love beyonce but like she is not the representation of all black people you know what i mean like don't be like well look i've got beyonce in here well that's great do you have uh lupita nyongo in your classroom like um think about the types of women and if you look up uh, Lupita Nyong'o. She says that in Hollywood, colorism, shadism is alive and well, and she had to fight for her roles. So my other thought that I wanted to bring up is I want, I'm going to get everyone to do a quick exercise. So okay, go ahead. all of you out there, everybody close your eyes. <laughs> You're going to pause for them to close. I am. <laughs> close your eyes. Go ahead. Okay. Now picture the color nude. Got it? I rest my case. There's nothing else that needs to be said. When you pictured the color nude, it was this light tan color. Probably wasn't even black. No, no. It was like a fair shade of tan, like sandy tan. Yes. At best. That's what you saw. So if you think about, again, that being the standard, um, when your students are going shopping, um, for those of you who teach dance and you tell your students to go get nude tights, mm-hmm. or if you're in a wedding and you tell oh, all your bridesmaids, hey, go get some nude shoes. Nude for who? Because <laughs> against my skin, that's not nude. But just things to kind of keep in the back of your mind that it is that pervasive, that it's a standard. It is our standard of beauty. And I was, something that I want to bring up is the fact that as much as we're here talking about shadism and colorism and how much it affects our community, don't think that it's something that you can't bring up in your classroom and have discussions with your students and try and, again, pick their brains and figure out why do they have this thought process? What is their thinking behind the fact that, okay, the light-skinned girl in school is the pretty one that I'm going to be attracted to, that everyone's attracted to, that I need to go after, as opposed to a darker-skinned girl. Um, And going back to the fact that you, again, is that thought of you seeing colorism in the media so much, um, it brings to mind um, the new duchess, what's her name, Meghan? Markle. Yes, Meghan Markle. And for me, I remember when, um, just before she had gotten married, when they had their announcements and everybody... All of those black girl magic girls are like, yes, we finally have a black girl in the royal family. This is great to see all of that. And then Maggie came out and was like, well, well, you know what? I'm not actually like with you guys like that. There is no black girl magic for for me. And it just it goes back to show you that, hey, we it's something that we fight and we struggle with literally every day. Mm -hmm. Internally, like, again, as a as a community, it's. It's a problem. So you have to understand that, like, it kind of bleeds into everything that your students are thinking about. Like, they are very aware of their color. I was reading something, and again, I don't have the stats on me, but they were saying that, like, children as young as 
two and three can recognize differences. It doesn't mean that they have uh, implicit bias yet, but they can recognize that there is a difference. Um, and they are more likely to obviously favor the skin tone of their parents. Mm. But as you get older, like those ideas start to form that attach to the skin color and then it becomes problematic. So if we never discuss that colorism and shadism are a thing, um, then students are not equipped uh, to kind of deal with the things that they're going to face. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's like, it's scary because even for me, when my daughter is being born, big talk that my wife and I had was like, okay, like what is going to be her skin complexion? because of um, her family, because of my family, and how we have so many different um, shades of black in our family. We're like, what is her skin going to be? Is she going to be lighter skin? And then for me, I was in the thought process of, of yes, I want her to be lighter skin. That way she's more acceptable. Or she's seen accepted. as more... Accepted. Accept, yeah, she's more accepted or seen as, like again, that pure, um, innocent from a young age until she, as she's growing as opposed to her being darker skin and I it was something that went through my mind a lot and even still does now and my daughter is lighter than me and lighter than um my wife as well and when she was born I was like yes okay she's going to be light and then as she started getting darker I was like oh my gosh how dark is she going to get <laughs> it's true is like- there going to be a place that um where she's going to not be as um, accepted again once she reaches or gets to a certain color. When we go on vacation, she needs to be hidden from the sun mm-hmm. so that way she doesn't get any darker than what she is now. And that's a very real thing that you will find um, across a lot of black people, period. Um, especially your students who in the summertime will try and hide from the sun, um, will try and lather up with sunscreen and mm-hmm. the with the hopes of not getting any darker. And you'll hear them say like, like no I don't want to be in the sun like I don't want to get any darker um prime example my brother is almost 18 like he's going to be 18 in August and my mom was like all right we're going to go to Jamaica they go to Jamaica like almost every year my brother said to my mom like no thanks like I don't want to go to Jamaica this year because I'm finally getting my color back meaning his (laughs) lighter skin um because again we're mixed so we kind of go to both ends of the spectrum. We can get really dark in the sun, but then in the winter, we pale super fast. <laughs> like right now I'm still paling. I'm hurting. <laughs> yes. I told you she meets the paper bag test standards. <laughs> so um, again, it's not a younger kid thing. It's not an older kid. Th- like it's an everybody thing. Um, and the same thing, like as parents, you'll find your, your black parents are going through this as well. Just like Andre said with Al Boogie, like um, him and Angela, you know, we're going through that. And same with Daddy Bear and myself. Like, we, not that we kind of had a preference about the the kids, but um, I noticed that my kids now are very cognizant of their color because, again, I'm mixed and Daddy Bear um, is also mixed kind of down the line. So we didn't know what was going to happen. Like, Daddy Bear's um, grandfather is super fair, like fairer than me with like mm-hmm. lighter eyes. Same with my grandfather um, is lighter. And like, again, my mom is English, um, indigenous, like everything. <laughs> so when Sister Bear came out, we were like, oh, she's super light. Okay, cool, whatever. Like it didn't really phase us. And then she got really dark. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, again, it didn't really phase me, but I just knew 
that I would have to reassure her that her skin was beautiful because people would tell her throughout her life that her skin was not beautiful. Yeah. And then I had these two little boys that followed her who are paler than me. And I was like, (laughs) what in the... So she is very aware that she is the darkest. Um, And again, she has said in a time or two, like, mommy, why do I have to be brown? So it's so pervasive that it, it kills your soul quite literally like that my daughter at six wants to be lighter like her brothers mm-hmm. and you know that hurts yeah it's gonna be something that she's gonna go through her whole life especially because she's gonna be growing up with her brothers and then start to see the acceptance that they get mm-hmm. and if she's doesn't receive that same acceptance she's gonna just as we've all been doing from the beginning of time, we're going to try and look like the people that are getting all of the power like we talked about in the beginning, right? Absolutely. And Baby Bear, for those of you who've seen Baby Bear, his hair is like light brown, almost with like blonde highlights. So <laughs> he's just going all the way. And <laughs> and I noticed that he gets the most compliments of all my children. Like when we're out, they're definitely like, oh, your children are beautiful. But Baby Bear, that one that looks closest to whiteness, gets the most. Oh, my goodness. Look at him. Look at that hair. Ooh, how did he get that? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's the same thing with when I go out with my daughter and I with my goddaughter when they're both together. My daughter is lighter skin. My goddaughter is darker skin. And when they're together, they both get their cute. But El Boogie gets the, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look at this, look at that, look at this, look at that. As opposed to, oh, she's really cute. Oh, I like her smile. You get this adoration for mm-hmm. her. Even though she's uh, she's younger, and yes, she is cute. Because she looks like me, and I'm cute. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but... <laughs> She, she is cute. But there's just more adoration for her than you see for my goddaughter. Mm-hmm. And, it, and really just off of skin tone. So... My Google for you guys today um, is the documentary Dark Girls. Uh, I remember, so I I watched it a while ago, but then I just put it on uh, during our last PD day and legit, I almost cried. Like <laughs> it hurt my heart so much because then again, I just thought about Sister Bear and I was like, I really hope that this doesn't continue to be a thing. I feel like it will be, but like, I hope she doesn't feel like these girls were explaining like when they were explaining their experiences of being uh dark skin and being called like all of these names and just being very aware of their blackness like it hurt my heart um i would say something else that you might want to check out another documentary is there's a documentary called shadism as well and just to give you a little snippet of it the beginning of the documentary starts like this you have um the writer of the documentary is standing on a beach looking intently at the sun and as the sun rises her voice says the sight of the sun is not always a good thing at least not in my family though we may come from a small island that sees sunshine almost daily the sun doesn't receive a lot of love from us And again, it goes back to that thing of, hey, we're going to hide from the sun. So that way, the complexion that we have gotten, it doesn't get any worse than this. Yeah. And I at the end of the day, I really just I hate that this is a thing. And for me, like I have to recognize my own privilege in this, like just like I'm expecting, you know, all of our white peers to understand their complicity in kind of white supremacy and their whiteness, I have to recognize that I have privilege 
in that I have light skin privilege. Yes. And that people are more willing to listen to me and take my ideas seriously and will probably give me the stage over someone who is darker skinned. And so me saying like, you know, I hope this doesn't change or I hope this changes. Um, again, I don't want this to come across as like a pity, like, oh, I pity you because, you know, I'm in this this high tower and that's mm-hmm. what that can become. Yeah, I think what we need to do is just to recognize that all black is beautiful, which is, I think, what they tried to do with the whole, like, you know, black girl magic movement that mm-hmm. no matter your skin tone... <laughs> I'm dancing. Can't see it. <laughs> that no matter your skin tone, your skin complexion, that um, you are beautiful and you are accepted by us. Like in talking about colorism and shadism and how you see it in the media, there's this um, commercial that went around in Korea where they were. Um, <gasps> Is this the washing machine one? Yes, where yeah. they were talking about this new uh, washing machine uh, detergent and. They essentially the commercial was, hey, um, this black guy goes into the washing machine. They put the detergent in and he comes out a white, blonde, blue eyed guy. And now all of a sudden he's accepted. He's he's beautiful. He's Mm -hmm. attractive now that he's come out of the washing machine. Hey, the same thing happened here uh, with the Duff commercial. Remember the black girl and she takes off. Uh, the shirt and she becomes a redhead yes fair yeah and yes like come on it's it's bad at times (laughs) (laughs) that's what that deserves hey and that's the bell so we're gonna wrap up today's episode on uh shadism and colorism hope you tune into us next week for our new episode i think that's gonna be our last episode for black history month yeah um but we're black all year round yes and if you're looking to listen through or catch up with any of our other episodes you can follow us at teachers like us on instagram to stay up to date you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, we're everywhere. Just go look, type in teachers like I think us. We're on Google Podcasts now too. Hey. Picked us up. <laughs> um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Peace out.